Welcome to the Underground Sound, everyone. I am DJ X Tech. With me, as always, is Carlos Fandango. Hello. We are putting the us back into the music. So, Carl, how are you doing? I'm doing really well, actually. We've had a good uh, long jubilee weekend of obviously the Queen's Platinum Jubilee. So, there's been lots going on in the country. I've mostly been, however, uh, decorating and painting and scraping and sanding. So, I've not been out much to enjoy it, but I've seen it highlights and it's been very good i'm okay how about you uh i'm doing all right you know it's just mm-hmm. busy busy week busy, busy weekend uh but you know but hey at least we can uh get together and record the show i know that we were going to do this friday we did obviously have some technical difficulties on the uh on the mac uh it seems like the mac is giving me more trouble than what it should now for whatever reason yeah. uh, so it wouldn't highlight tabs it wouldn't allow us to log on to our um to our underground sound page it just kept on kind of like going uh going into this uh constant like kind of like recycle uh yeah. here and so for uh for those of you that don't know this yet um we do have uh this thing going on here we are now on slaps the underground sound um and what we're going to be doing is uh later on I'll post the link for everybody, obviously, in the description of this video below. So if you want to uh, join us on the Underground Sound on our page here, give us a follow and everything like that. Later on, when um, when we have enough going on here, when we have a, a, you know, a higher CTR and everything like that, we will be offering this space for musicians to, uh, to, you know, to send us MP3s and then we'll upload them here. So in hopes of a little bit more promotion for the um, for the indie musicians, um, as far as the ones and twos are concerned. Uh, the ones and twos um, underground uh, will no longer be accepting um, submissions from CD Baby, and uh, and obviously, if you have a record label, uh, then please don't submit because that gives us copyright strikes, and that kind of like makes me redo the video all over again, and uh, it's it's really draining and time consuming just to edit these videos as is. Um, so. Just gonna kind of kind of keep it like that. I didn't know that CD Baby considered themselves a record label now, uh, which is what they but they do. So uh, two submissions were from CD Baby, and one of them was from Sony Records. Those obviously got copies striked, and uh, or copy struck, whichever way you want to say it. And um, and that would not allow us to put the video up at all because it just wouldn't play because those were completely blocked songs. Uh, for the most part, songs that we review or songs that are submitted to the ones and twos, um, they come back with a copyright strike, but it means that there's a copyright strike going in the sense that when the video gets played, the royalties are collected, they're given to the artist, which obviously we have no problem with. This is one of the things that we're doing is exposure. We want artists to make money from their music. So no problems with that. But if you are on a record label, then we just ask that you do not submit. Um, maybe at that point, upload to Slaps. And it seems like uh, we haven't had any issues with Slaps like that at all. Mm, that's so, not so good thing. So um, quickly going to go through a, uh, a today in music history. There was a good. There, there was actually a good one lined up for uh, for June third, which was the Queen's Jubilee. That was the actual day, right? Yeah. So, um, so June third, there was, uh, I believe, it was uh, like David Bowie. Just a multitude of rock stars actually performed a live concert for the Queen's Jubilee back in, I think it was nineteen seventy seven or something like that. I'll look it up later and just make an annotation of it. But uh, today, in um, 
let's see today in music history june 5th 1956 elvis presley appeared on abc abc tv's uh, milton burl show um 1961 roy orbison went number one on the u.s chart with turning around uh, it made number nine in the uk the b-side love of hurts also picked up a significant airplay uh, making orbison's recording the first version to be a hit in 1964, the Rolling Stones played their first ever live date in the U.S., and they appeared in the Swing Auditorium in San Bernardino, California. Uh, subsequently, in uh, on June 3rd, I believe it's the same year, they launched their, their tour, at which time grossed $4 million, making it the largest, um, you know, uh, kind of like grossing live concert that there was. So congratulations to the, uh, to the Rolling Stones on that. Uh, 1964... David Bowie, um, Liza Jane became the first recording to be released as a single by David Bowie, but under the name David Jones with the King Bees. Mm. So we'll just do that. I'll try to keep it at four for today in music history. And obviously today in music history is also the third edition of the underground sound. So of course. June 5th, 2022, the underground sound is episode three. We're going to try to keep this at, um, at 90 minutes <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right we'll see just luck we'll see yes we'll see how our comments go here so um the first uh the first uh song that we have going up here is uh jerry petty's am i reading that right yes jerry's pet Jer jared petty's and the headliners black coffee and alcohol so you have listened to this song already yes carl yeah i've selected some songs that's yeah variety as well as us choosing some at random uh for three of the 10 or so songs that we've chosen um but uh yes yeah, so I've, I've had a listen and i thought it was quite a nice lively opener so it should should um kick the show off nicely well let's do that here we go jerry petty's black coffee and alcohol Yeah, I'm a hard 
I think so, yeah. I think it, yeah, see, his kind of music, I think, yeah. That sort of 50s rockabilly, bluesy vibe. I think I can imagine it probably goes down well uh, live with an audience. There's lots of stop start. I like those kind of stop start songs where you've got the chorus, yeah, where the, where the drums stop on the on the black coffee bit and then it's just the vocal going. Um, but yeah, so solid vocal for that, <clears throat> for that kind of style. It's You need that kind of vocal, I think. Um, got a vibra slap at the start, which is really good. I love that. That's always good with me. And I think the guitar in particular on that one, when it comes in with those chords, it really comes in biting hard and heavy and, uh, you know, cuts through nicely. And, uh, yeah, I think it's really, really nice, solid song. I don't always listen to sort of bluesy sort of stuff these days so much, unless it's the older blues, you know, original blues stuff. And, um, you know, Robert Johnson and, and et al. And, uh, yeah, but this this I, I thought was pretty good. And I can imagine a lot of people liking this and wanting to know about this band. I do, yeah. Um, so I loved the guitar solo, kind of like in the middle of it, you know, the, the mm. whole breakdown of the song. It, it, was, it was very well done um but yeah the intro especially you know automatically gives you that kind of like um like that jazzy kind of bluesy kind of vibe to it right where yeah. so as the comment that i left uh, nicely done you know a very energetic track you can definitely it's definitely a um a live a live song i could definitely see that on, yeah. on, on a live you know on a live performance uh not that it wouldn't work on a record either you know or or on the radio i just uh, i definitely see that one more as being a live performance piece than um, than anything else, and once again, just back to the comment that I made about Rookie, is Rookie likes storytelling, and that those lyrics were were well written. So I mean, there was there was a lot going on there. So uh, very nicely done, great job. I think so. Yeah, lots of swagger on that one. It was good. Uh, coming up next, we have a three day weekend by uh, Highland Android. Um, any kind of. Well, I just just got a message a short while ago, actually, from uh, yeah one of those on Slaps. As I do follow them, they follow me. And um, uh, it said they've also got a new song out called Dominion. So this is a good timing for promoting them as an act. Um, with this one, yeah, it's I, I like the sound of this one. This, it's got a nice vibe to it. So I thought this would be a, a nice one to follow up that sort of big star show starter. This is more of a chilled vibe. Yeah, so this, this one shows that it's uh, original music and experimental. Um, so yeah, let's have a listen. This is a three day weekend by Highland Android.
I think Rookie would enjoy just because, uh, once again, I'm sure you saw the comment, just because of the storytelling. Yeah, that's right. I think, um, again, yeah, lyrically, it's very nice. And um, the song, okay, it's 5 minutes 37, uh, but there's enough going on, I think, atmosphere. It's all about the atmosphere, that one. And uh, intro is great. It gets you hooked in and wanting to know what's going to happen next. Then suddenly the beat comes in, the synths come in with the dreamy sort of pad Brian Eno style ambient synth. Then you've got that. Well, I think, you know, after that, it sort of becomes very 80s, early Depeche mode, particularly with his um, lower vocal. And then you've got that high vocal, very much like Depeche mode, you know, with those sort of that vocal line harmony going on. And, um, uh, I think that's what I mostly like about that. Plus, also, I like the uh, the fact that he's singing in his true, you know, Scottish accent, and and it comes across, and you can hear that, and it just sounds like he's just singing honestly because of that. Really, not trying to, he's not affected at all. So, for me, really love that song. It's just a real dreamy sort of song. Uh, for sure, a very heartfelt song. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know, four years go by. Um, as it says, uh, so the only critique that I have is just a little bit of work on the production. Honestly, um, you know, I'm a fan of the vocals being up there and for this kind of song, especially the vocals should be, uh, you know, a little bit higher than, than, um, than anything else. Uh, but keeping the vocals true to true to oneself is also, uh, you know, very important. So, um, maybe that's done on purpose. I, I don't know. The only thing that I would say is it's definitely has more of a lo-fi kind of vibe. I really like the twine guitar and that little like kind of like piccolo hit that's that's like going throughout like that doom you know it's just that really works you know it's mm -hmm. just it, you know some songs have that little bit of subtlety where it has that one little effect that makes it catchy and for me it was that the twine guitar and that piccolo hit that's kind of like going all throughout you know um so uh yeah that would that would be my only critique would be um to give that bass drum a little more oomph just a little bit more you know you can put it through some compression it doesn't necessarily need to you know blow the speakers off you know it doesn't just to cut through more you mean exactly you know just kind of like that boom because it seems at times that the uh, that the bass drum is being very overrun with with everything else that's kind of going on so just that little bit more umph and um you know but uh, i i agree with you that it does have that depression quality to it it's you know that once again that would just be my only critique because i mean it's, it's a great song overall here mm. you know i very much enjoyed it so um we've been doing good the last two songs with with uh with you coming up with some good music to listen to so good. very much enjoyed that that was once again highland android uh with three-day weekend there and uh please go check them out uh get into the description of the video look up the um look up the links visit the artists show them some love for sure. Uh, once again, I should have mentioned this before, at the very beginning of the show. Show is sponsored by Nathan Bashir of Monsters Are Real. Uh, did a little twofer with the uh, with the ones and twos and the show since the uh, since episode thirteen didn't uh, kind of like pan off as planned. So uh, by all means, hop into the description again and um, you know show Nathan some love. And while you're there, just uh, you know hit the like, share, subscribe, tell all your friends about what's going on here. So. Um, Loving it so far. Once again, we've been doing really good the last two shows with finding uh, finding finding some great music here. Yeah, so, there's some really good music out there. I mean, okay, yeah, sometimes you have to trawl through slaps a bit, but the, they're in there. I mean, you know, every sort of, uh, sometimes every 30, 40 songs or something, there's a real gem in there. And you think these people really deserve to be heard because they're, 
they're coming up with some great songs and their original songs. And, you know, they, they might be reminiscent of something that they're trying to aspire to, but um, that's, that's all good, you know, because it's always, everybody's trying to aspire to do something as good as what they've heard before or, or better. Yes. And someone that they like, they're trying to aspire to be. Um, and um, yeah, really good songs out there that uh, just don't get the, uh, well, don't get the airplay, do they? No, they don't. They do not. And that's even more apparent once again with episode 13. If you watch episode 13 of the ones and twos, you'll see exactly what was going on when I had to cut those songs out. The record companies are just seriously making it just that much more difficult to, yeah. to uh, to put anything out there at all. Um, you know, YouTube is kind of in cahoots with it because they're obviously the ones that are providing the copyright strikes, but I don't want to say too much about that because we don't want to get banned as well. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but um yeah, it's just uh, it's just really sad. And um, and Sam Black, who's 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 a part of Modern Amusement, he recently had said that you know he's taking um, all of his music off the major distribution sites, you know, uh, Spotify, and so wow. forth. Because yeah, he's just very kind of like fed up with it that um, that you know things are going the way that it's going. It's it's becoming increasingly more and more increasingly difficult for underground musicians to actually get their get their music heard. Um, you know, I mean, I could, I'm not gonna tell my story now, maybe I'll tell my story on, you know, on a separate video, but, uh, but I actually did have a record contract at one point. I actually made some good money off my first release that I did solo. And, you know, I actually pumped about $2,000 worth of advertising into my most recent release, which was, uh, implant, um, and honestly made probably about $17 off of that. So, uh, that's where we're at here. Uh, but fear not musicians. We are here to help you. Carlos Fandango, myself, and Rookie Rogers, we are looking for that underground talent. We definitely want to promote you. We really want to get this out because, honestly, come on, mainstream media sucks. Mainstream radio sucks. We've heard two great songs so far. I'm pretty sure we're going to have more coming up here. My experience mm -hmm. with Slaps is generally every fourth or fifth song is good, and probably about every tenth song that you'll hear is like a hit. I've done a lot of trolling through Slaps as well myself, but... um. But really, uh, once again, for the musicians that don't know, if you are looking for a distribution company and you are looking to get your song like on kind of like a different type of social media, hit up DistroKid, uh, distrokid.com for like, what is it, 20 bucks a year? Is the yeah, about that for solo, yep, yeah, and about 36 ish, I think, uh, dollars for um, a, a dual, you know, where you could have two artists, right. And then I think I think the one that I signed up for I think it was it was actually pretty reasonable I think it was only like about like a hundred bucks to do a record label there are some bigger plans when I was releasing my CD at first, but uh, but yeah but if, if so very reasonable it's twenty bucks for the whole year uh, we have no affiliation so DistroKid is not paying us for saying what we're saying all we're just saying this just because if you want to get your music out there you want to get it heard then uh, DistroKid is a great way they keep on updating um, uh, you know distribution mediums uh, so. Like they'll they'll have YouTube and Apple Music and Amazon and iTunes and, and you know all this kind of stuff going on, but they keep on adding new ones into there as well. And Slaps is a great community. Uh, Carl and I had met off Slaps. Uh, Rookie and I had met through Carl. So it's a great networking site if you really want to get your music out there. And I would say a great ninety percent of the submissions that I have for the ones and twos and for obviously the underground sound as we have it now uh, has come from slaps and about 10% has probably come from Facebook and other, other um, media outlets, but, uh, but definitely more so than anything slaps. So if you're a musician, you want to get your music out there and 
don't know how to distribute exactly, please don't go through CD Baby, go through DistroKid, okay? Because <laughs> CD Baby will just block everything now again, because whatever. They have to become a record label all of a sudden. Mm. Yeah. All right, Carl. Right. I think it's time for the Purple Bowl of Destiny. Ta-da. Right, okay. Um, Do we still have real paper? Right, I'm not going to look. What have we got here? So, oh, okay. So, there should be a category for synth. I don't know if that camera's going to pick that up. Synth wave slash retro synth wave. Synth wave. So, there should be a section on that. Be interesting what comes up. It'll be very interesting. <clears throat> Let's have a look now. It should be. I, I've got that. Sec oh, dear. What am I doing? I've got that on my categories as well. So, ah, found it. Synthwave. Uh, synth pop. Oh, yeah. Retro synthwave. So, there's a retro synthwave and synthwave. So, it's up to you which one you choose. You have the choice. Oh, there's a, there's a retro synthwave as well. Because I was yep. just looking for synthwave. But Synthwave's fine. The latest release on the Synthwave. Latest release that I have on the Synthwave is a song that's called... Let's get to screen sharing right oh, here. Hobbytronica. Hobbytronica posted two days ago, Echoes in Space. This one, this group has uh, 1.8 thousand members. And uh, so far, 34.4 thousand plays with 808 tracks have been uploaded. So this is uh, this might be interesting because this is uh, obviously, as you can see here, it's new. So it's just recently updated, but it's been posted two days ago. So this is Starlet, um, Echoes in Space. That uh, also is actually coming up on the hot as well as the new yeah. within that category. So yeah, yeah, 90 fire and 56 plays is pretty good. Join that group right there. 90 fire yeah 56 plays one save we're doing good especially it seems like most of the fires are coming past the intro here um so echoes in space uh so hello this is track number one of my first ep starlet what do you think about it rock and synth wave together might be pretty interesting let's take a hmm. listen
yeah, very nice uh, jar quality to it. I think. Mm. You know, if you, if you think back to uh, if you think back to popcorn, it definitely has that kind of like uh, like that kind of like synthy sound to it, right? So it's just uh, seems like kind of like old school. Definitely, I, I don't feel the rock in there, honestly. I just no, no, no. It's uh, it's definitely more synth wave than anything else. Electronic and synth wave is is, is where I would go with it. But uh, one track, fifty seven plays now, four followers, and uh, you, you don't speak Spanish either, do you, Carl? Uh, <laughs> Uh, what's the word for no? No, I don't know. <laughs> no, from compositor e diseñador gráfico. So, composition and graphic designer. I'm assuming is that oh, okay? Yeah, yeah. Composer and graphic designer is what I'm assuming that that. Yeah, means. so the logo will be his own designer. I would think. Yes, kind of like seems that way. His or her, I should say, because it could be. We do not know. Yes, absolutely. We do not know. Yeah, it would be wrong for me to presume. In today's age, yes, it would. <laughs> uh no yeah but i like it like i said it's um kind of short kind of short and once again when we're talking about production quality then you know especially for an electronic song there there was there was a few things lacking there you know the post-production isn't there the mastering really isn't there the um the kick drum really should have been way more poppy on this but the first thing that i thought about when when it started going was um if you recall um muse had put out that album um simulation theory and they had that kind of like 80s kind of like uh like vibe going on for most of it except they added some words to it um i think that the song if you extended it about another minute to get it to get it closer to three and added some um you know some um some vocals to it probably could work just my yeah. I mean, the notes I had was um, straight away. I'm hearing this sort of sound of 1982 to 84 synth pop, um, sort of Kraftwerkish, maybe little jar. Uh, but I'm, I'm thinking, oh, what well, I'm in, I'm in already. And uh, I, I've put rock where there's no rock in it. It's synth, and I think unashamedly it should be synth pop. It's fine. Um, it feels like the end titles of an 80s video movie without any lyrics. So, and I, I would like the song, the track to have developed a little bit more, but it was, you know, because it's only two minutes long, it doesn't have to develop too much, uh, except I had the same thing written down as vocals and uh, question mark in, in, I think, you know, it could easily, you know, it wouldn't suffer for having some vocals over it. There's space for them. It feels like it could fit on there. That would make the song, uh, good uh, you know like interesting in terms of then you could extend to three minutes have a little synth break in it as well um but there was enough interesting uh, you know to go on for two minutes but uh if you're going to extend it then i think yeah having some lyrics or something over it would be would be good that's definitely uh like i i left a couple of fires and everything like that is definitely yeah. something that that's uh worth listening to um yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. It's just once again extended by a minute. Get some, um, get some really kind of like na 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 na, na vocals in it, and uh, but you know, but it works without the vocals also. Even if you extend mm. it to to you know another minute, and you and you had that kind of like poppiness to it, right? Because once again, popcorn didn't have any kind of uh, any kind of lyrics into it, right? It was just a very, a very simple beat that was twanged in different ways. Dun, 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 yes. Right. Yeah, there's a couple, couple of versions. This Hot Butter version was the, the popular version of the UK. I don't know if it was a hit in America, but yeah, yeah it was basically just, just very early synthesizers. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think the original was... Um, I've forgotten his name now. Klaus... 
Oh, I forgot his name. Oh, was it Klaus Wunderlich? It was whoever did all the um, Moog or Moog, Moog, I should say. Um, is I it? His... I've, already, I've always said Moog. Is is Moog? Is it? I've, I've just heard so many people say Moog, and I think actually on the Moog, well, what I would call Moog website, they were saying pronouncing it as Moog because it's German, I suppose. But I don't know. I've heard several people say you know different ways. A cow does not say mo. <laughs> That's true. No. Well, if you watch Family Guy, it's uh, <laughs> or something like that, isn't it? <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. That, that that's exactly what it most certainly does not. Certainly does not. <laughs> no, yeah. So that uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I've always I've always pronounced it Moog. Maybe it is Moog. I don't know. Uh right, I'm gonna just look up hot butter. Because the original, I think, was done by uh because hot butter did the original, but the um now I'm sure. Okay, well, I'll come back to it. Oh, that's it. That's it. Gershon. The composer was Gershon Kingsley. Now, Gershon Kingsley uh, did the Moog, used the Moog synthesizer, and, and he had the original, original, yeah, that, he was the composer. And there's a really good album that he did. Uh, it's, it's it's all about, you know, Moog music and stuff. And he just does classical things and his own compositions. And one called, I think, The Canary or something. And it's just fantastic. Just really sort of happy, jolly, silly, sort of, you know, simple, early synthesizer music. Great oh, to get into. So you're telling me that, that uh, Jar had nothing to do with? Popcorn. Oh, Jar wasn't popcorn, no. Uh, that was a band called Hot Butter had the hit with it. But uh, Gershon Kingsley was the originator of that song. I thought Jar never put out his own version of it. No, he did do. Uh, oh, he may have done. He may have done um, later, but it's, it's possible. Um, I'll have a look and see if there's any uh, other versions. But uh, there've been quite a few different versions, including Herb Alpert and the Tijuana Brass. I got. I was and the I... Muppets. The Muppets did a version, apparently. <laughs> Uh, right, the Jean-Michel Jarre Essentials and Rarities. I think he might have done... Uh, it says here that he... Why does this... Uh, Why does this... Right. I never knew that. Well, that's that's news to me. So uh, it was while working as a jobbing musician on soundtracks, adverts, and ballet compositions that he was to discover his forte in sound. The young musician recorded Hot Butter's Popcorn under the... So he did a version of it under the moniker of Popcorn Orchestra in 1973. So he did a version of Hot Butter's Popcorn. See, here's cheers to DJX Tech for actually knowing something that cheers. he's fucking talking cheers, about. Cheers, old boy. 
Wow. My goodness. That's really thank good. Goodness, yeah. Thank goodness for Google at this uh, at this oh. point. Because if we didn't have Google back in our day, we probably would have been arguing about this until we read it in a book. <laughs> more, you know. So, huh? yeah. Or found it in like one of the record collections, right? So vinyl mm. or CD, each one of those were popular. All right, so um, we have. Uh, let's see what's going on here. So we have. Uh, how, do you? How do you pronounce the name? Is it massage? Uh, I've got to remember. I've got the list in front of me. So, uh, what was the song called? Oh no, that's no good saying that, is it? <laughs> how do you spell the first name? M I S A G H. Let's see if I can look it up. Yeah, I'd say Missar uh, Salias or Salias. Missar Salas. Salias. That sounds about right. And let's have a look at him as an artist. Doesn't say, but he's actually in Köln in Germany. Here we go. I uh, say so he might actually be. Because uh, there's a large Turkish, um, German Turkish population there, so could be Sagmir uh, Nimaz Libervol. So is it the German title? But I, I wonder if he's uh, maybe it's just uh, German. It's an unusual name, Miss Misag for German. So I wonder if he's Turkish German. But uh, the title means "Never Tell Me Goodbye." Never tell me goodbye. Do you know are the lyrics in German? Is that what it is? I'm guessing they might be, yeah. Well, we'll hear it. I'm sure it sounded more, um, uh, I can't remember now because I did hear it once or twice only, but um, I'm sure it sounded more sort of exotic, like an um, Asian sort of flavor to it. Well, let's check it out. So we're yeah, gonna, let's check it out. Let's just, we'll stick with massage. It's just, <laughs> just with that H on it, I'm assuming that that would be kind of like, because massage, I don't know. Maybe we'll figure that out later, but I'm just going to go with Massage, <laughs> massage Salias with uh, Sagmir Niemel's Lebanon Wall, which is Never Tell Me Goodbye. Let's take a listen.
know what? I think that was an amazing fusion. I think you've got the Latinesque guitar. You've got what sounds like German lyrics, but sung in a very Indian, um, modern Bollywood style, uh, style with vocals and including the strings in that style. But you've also got then the modern sort of drum pad electronica sort of sound with, with the, the, the beat, subtle beat. So it's just like a this really odd fusion of things that somehow works. I think the the fact that yeah we don't understand the lyrics, but you can hear it in his, in the vocal that it's kind of like a sort of tender, short and sweet love song. It just just I thought it's just a very pretty song. Uh, it was. I agree. Uh, like the annotation that I would put onto it would be like um, you know if you're having a wedding in Europe and you hire a band to play like this is something that you definitely hear at the wedding. It's kind of it kind of like has that little bit of like kind of like disco polo kind of like vibe to it. Um, I gotta say, I heard, I, I would have sworn that I heard a little French in there. Oh, wow. Well, you're, you're saying that, that, that it sounds more German than anything. I mean, you're closer well, to me than I am, but you know, originally I thought it was, you know, Latinesque guitar with a sort of, um, Indian and, and with a name like Missage Salais or Salais, I was thinking, well, could, could be Indian. And, and, uh, but then, then I realized because of the title, it's that's Sagmir Nimaus Lebevol. So that's that's I, th I think German and and it looks like German and it sound the actual lyrics although sung in a more Bollywood style I would say um, sounded like German lyrics but then you know it, but and German's not the prettiest language to sing in either you know although there are lots of operas in in German you know and uh, uh, but uh, you know Italian's obviously one of the best languages to sing opera in and, and so forth but. Uh, German lyrics, you know, when you hear a lot of the time, it's it's not the sort of prettiest melodic language. So it's quite a harsh language in many ways. So to do that in that way, if if it is all in German, is is quite astounding. I thought, uh, for sure, because German to me always comes off as like you know, like Rammstein. Mm. Do you know? That's the, that's the thing with German people, right? Is I think there was an episode of The Simpsons that actually had that going on, where there were like, uh, you know, there were like some German guys playing chess or something like that. One of them flips the board over, and he's like, and he's like, it, it sounds like he's yelling, but he's actually saying, "Very well done. That was a great game." You know, <laughs> it, it sounds very argumentative. So, um, so to hear it like that, if it is in fact full German, would definitely, uh, uh, you know, definitely puts it into a, a bit of a more perspective. Like I said. If the if the intention is to go kind of like that um, disco polo kind of like um, solo artist kind of like uh, you know wedding musician kind of vibe that was one hundred percent where it's at you know um, as far as like the production quality is concerned uh, two minutes very short for to really kind of like gauge anything out of it especially since we're not fluent in whatever language that was sung in. Which you're yeah, saying, I, I just think it's a really nice, nice little sweet song that I'd, I'd happily play twice in a row, and uh, you know, think, oh, that was a bit short. I'll do that again, and yeah. You know, so then you've got a four-minute song. So uh, I, I don't know. I don't mind a song short and sweet because you know you've got so many classic tracks from the fifties and sixties that are sub two minutes, you know, and uh, some of them minute and a half. Uh, you know, something like Blue Suede Shoes, barely over a minute and a half, or Surrender um, by Elvis fantastic you know um a turn and a sorrento um the uh, you know, version of that and 
that's one minute 34 something like that so and you've got so much packed into those songs the beatles songs uh you know eleanor rigby you know there's there's, there's so much packed into those two minutes so there i think there's enough going on in two minutes and for me time's never a major issue as long as the song's good it doesn't matter it was you just mentioned it i was humming all day long yesterday eleanor rigby in my head Oh, all day long. It was just, it was one of those things where I was just like, I thought of it. It's obviously a beautiful song if you haven't heard it. So you need to, if you haven't heard it, like, where the hell have you been? Go listen <laughs> to it. Like, honestly, the Beatles, Eleanor Rigby, uh, yeah, fantastic song. Oh, well, talking to the Beatles, actually, I was going to say just quickly in German, of course, they sung some of their songs in German. So She Loves You became Silliptik, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, I Want to Hold Your Hand was. Come give me a diner hand. Was it really? Yeah. So they sung some German versions because they were, you know, reasonably fluent in German because they they toured a lot over that way, you know, over the uh, uh, in um, in Germany, and uh, yeah, so they so they're sort of familiar with the language and did some German tracks. Well, I mean, where the hell have the Beatles not been? You know, so it's kind of like, <laughs> I mean, they were all over. They were all over India for a long time. Um, yeah. Mm. So it's, I mean, well. Once again, where they hit, where the hell have they not been? It just got me thinking. What it actually was was that um, on June third, in whatever year, because we were supposed to do this on Friday, was that um, after a photo shoot, Ringo Starr had come down with uh, with laryngitis and and uh, an tonsil infection, and somebody else had to I forget the name, but somebody else had to come in and fill in for their uh, for their tour. So for eleven days, they were they had another drummer, and I was kind of like thinking, like, what does that? Okay, so what? Ringo came out with we came down with laryngitis. What does that have to do? Play playing the drums, right? <laughs> I guess <laughs> like John Lennon probably something like, "Well, fuck you, Ringo, get on the fucking drums, man." You know. <laughs> well, I think yeah, it's a big thing because they were so big, and everyone yeah, Ringo had his fans too. Um, but uh, yeah. it's um, but I heard actually, you know, there's somebody who's a, one of those super Beatles fans, one of my friends who's moved up to Liverpool uh, because he's such a big fan. He wanted to be around the area. Uh, and it's a great visit. If you ever get a chance to go to Liverpool and see all the Beatles museum and everything. And oh, it's great. And the, the cavern that they moved across the road and rebuilt. Um, but, uh, and he said, um, actually that's that story about him having laryngitis. Apparently he quit the band and left the band I've heard. So, uh, I don't know, you know what the truth is to the, to it, but, um, he was adamant. He said, no, no, I've, I'd, I'd, sort of had some inside knowledge from somebody and uh he actually quit the band and left and uh and didn't want to go on that tour and all this kind of thing so i thought oh it's news to me but who knows the official story is that he had laryngitis yes he so he quit the band for 11 days well i, I that's what i heard but i'm not sure i mean he, he did later do that actually i mean later on he did actually you know during the the white album recordings um yeah it it quit the band and then eventually yeah because he he thought his drumming had he wasn't you know doing the best drumming in the world at the time and all that kind of thing and uh and there'd been a few ups and downs so um but then he you know came back and uh they'd decked out i think george harrison had the whole studio decked out in lots of flowers and you know just basically for him when he came back and you know we love you ringo kind of thing and uh, just to try and give him the confidence to say you know you are the best drummer in the world and blah blah blah, blah and uh getting back into it so so yeah, he had to quit the band at one point anyway, later on. Okay. 
little bit of Beatles history straight from <laughs> straight from England right there. So hey, <laughs> I was uh, I never got to see the stuff. I landed at at, uh, at obviously uh, John Lennon Airport in Liverpool um, when I was visiting uh, Middleton, but I never got a chance to uh, get around and see the um, uh, see any of the Beatles memorabilia there um, or the museums for that matter. It was just kind of like you know get out of the airport and go home. Yeah. Long story in itself. We don't need to get in here. So you've been, um, have you been like fantasizing about androids lately, Carl? Oh, I see. Is this the second Android uh, like, song? We had Highland Android, and now we have Mutineer Androids. <laughs> yeah, and plus, plus we had the sort of synth one. So um, yeah, I guess, I guess I must be. <laughs> well, oddly, oddly, <laughs> shouldn't say this, but when I was doing breakfast, for some reason, I can't remember what song came on, but I was. Just joking around with Susie, and uh, she she was doing making the tea and toast while I was doing the cooked breakfast, full English, and uh, yeah, just doing some robotics and stuff, <laughs> and talking about that earlier. So it must be something on my mind at the moment. I guess with androids, some weird android fantasy. Who knows? <laughs> I guess so. here we go. Uh, Mutineer <laughs> androids with uh, earthquake uh, track is about the suffering of those that are discriminated against just because of who they love. So let's check it out. Uh, this is listed as alternative rock. Here we go. Mutineer Android. <laughs> Mm-hmm. 
Um, just to say, Tom, your um, microphone straight after the song seems very quiet. I'm not sure if mine does as well, but yours, for the first five to ten seconds, it's sort of quite quiet. Then it comes back in gradually. It's maybe it's maybe catching up just because I hit the unmute. Oh, okay. I'm thinking. I'm thinking maybe it has something to do with that. Right. We will check. But I do have it recording on on a uh, you know, I have the vocals recording on a different thing and and you know so we'll we'll check. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Let me get your thoughts before I get into mine here. So yeah. Right. It starts off funky bass, love it, and a nice bit of solid guitar and drums. Um, production is pretty solid. Um, the guitar itself, the rhythm guitar in the pre-chorus really comes into its own, becomes a sort of. The pre-chorus very much sounds like a sort of Nile Rodgers-influenced song, um, like a kind of get happy. Uh, what's the? No, not happy. Oh god. Oh, it will come to me anyway. But uh, but basically, um, yeah, the synth and the chorus. I love that bit. That's nice little riff. So very retro vibes at that stage. And then suddenly, yeah, when the synth comes in as well, that sort of takes it in a slightly different direction to just funky sort of sound um so but i would say singing style more of a sort of modern singing style um but because of the retro tinges it's got a nice fusion of everything and then of course you've got the very early 80s sort of sound or late 70s thing where you've got a spoken section i like that because i like spoken sections in some of my stuff i, I do spoken sections because people don't use it enough and it's really important because that's part of a song is, you know, if you can get a little spoken thing in there, it just gives an extra dimension to the song and the vocals and the singing. I agree with you. And um, I had I, I had a couple of thoughts on it, which is, uh, you know, that the whole break in the middle was really good. Uh, obviously, three quarters of the way through when we had the spoken word portion, that was that was done very well. Um, I was actually comparing it in my mind to uh to kind of a fusion between the weekends vocals kind of like modern yes and, and old and kind of like if you go back and think about 80s george michael then kind of like if you think about a fusion between the two then i could definitely see that george michael with with kind of like a weekend flair to it um so the the, the lyrics were well done everything was well done here uh, I, I do like the production quality just once again with the kick drum on a song like this would put a little bit more compression behind it myself um once maybe it was the intention of the song to keep it 
you know, lighter and kind of like, kind of like in that uh, George Clinton kind of like funkiness kind of phase to it. Right. But uh, overall, I got to say like, you know, song quality production and everything. I got to say it's like an eight out of 10 for me. Yeah. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, yeah, that was it. It was. Uh, I realised what it was. It was the Nile Rodgers when he did um, combined with Daft Punk to get you know get lucky and that whole album. That sound Ooh. it had very much that vibe. So it's definitely yeah with Nile Rodgers type sound and George Clinton sort of funkiness. Um, then you know it's it's definitely rooted in the late seventies, early eighties Parliament sort of era. Yeah, yeah, I, I was thinking the same thing. This. Mm every everything kind of like worked with the uh with the 80s theme to it you know what i mean so uh definitely catchy because as most songs from the 80s are you know so yeah um, like the 80s spawned a lot of one hit wonders for a reason because you know they were doing something right yeah. you know so there was always that one catchy song um you know without having listened to more from them right now i don't want to call them one hit wonders but that would definitely probably be it if anything right because uh like i said just kind of like i do i do like the modern twist to it like i said the 80s george michael with the kind of weekend kind of like vocal style like mm. it does it for me right it just brings it into into the now instead of like being kind of like yeah. in the 80s yeah absolutely so right now we're going hot off the press oh and guess what it's not hip-hop <laughs> <laughs> right yeah which is just kind of uh this is this is very unusual so electronic and metal thrown together hot off the Ooh. press brand new on slaps posted eight minutes ago this is from a uh, grim physician song is called the one without a name like literally one play, no fires, no saves, nothing yet. So this is hot off the presses, folks.
right, Carl. Right. So what they called Grim Physician. Grim Physician. That was the one without a name. Well, that's an interesting title because that's um I, I've written a few things down actually that, that I'm thinking, okay, so that could be it's quite cinematic for a start. So and I've also written down a few things mainly around the fact that it's quite cinematic because that low well, so so for a start, you've got that motif with the sort of odd rhythm part at the start with the kick drum. I do have a little bit of an issue with the, that the heavy metal songs that you get with the very click, clicky tappy kick drums the very sharp tick, 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 kick drum i can't stand the sound that wasn't so bad but they always hit at impossibly fast speeds um and um I, that's my sole issue with that but that odd rhythm at the start returned later on so i like the fact that that motif came back um but um yeah all of a sudden after that intro it, it became a sort of like an electronic heavy synth song um and there are a lot of instrumentals uh on slaps i've noticed but uh the low synth that sounded just like a sort of john carpenter um type of theme tune because he composed a lot of the music for his own films um and then the middle section almost sounded a bit like sort of had influences of the Michael Caine film, get Carter, which is a fantastic soundtrack um, classic. And, and then also, but I thought I've written down cinematic Tarantino. So I can imagine this, this would be a perfect music for one of those sort of revenge films where somebody's fighting lots of people and, and work kind of thing, you know, and there's mass slaughter. Uh, so, um, but uh, the three minute mark, yeah, I, I like the, um, Oh, that's right. Returned to the uh, initial intro rhythm, and then sort of got big again. So uh, I don't know. That was really. I wouldn't listen to it loads, um, but at the same time, there's quite a lot of interesting stuff going on. So um, I think the composers thought about it when they're putting it together. You know, giving it a lot of thought and effort, and it's um, it's good. It's right. Okay. Um... I don't think that this should be classified as electronic or metal. Uh, I think that this would be electronic and experimental. Yeah. Would be the way that I would go with it. I wouldn't call it metal because even though you had that kind of like metal opening, um, it really didn't follow through the entire song. Like, like I literally heard three songs, four songs here uh, because, you know, you went through the kind of like heavy opening going to like kind of like a mellow kind of like James Bondish theme, which then transformed into like kind of like nothing going on in the middle except for a break. The break was way too long in my opinion, right? Because we had about a good 30 seconds or 40 seconds there where it was just the break and kind of like build up. Like I understand the intent is to build up suspense, but it just didn't do it for me. You know, um, it just kind of like seemed um, all over the place. Like it really didn't have like a very singular kind of theme, but mm. to the point that what you're talking about here is seeing this kind of like in a, um, in like a massacre scene or something like that. Like you can see the uh, comment that I left. I can totally picture this being in a video game um, because if you are in a video game and you're kind of like, you know, high kind of like, heavy kind of like situation which you know you'll have that like calm down and everything like that i could definitely see this working in a video game i'm not so sure that i'd see it working in a movie 
I think I think uh, I think at that uh, you know uh, at just shy of four forty, it's too long. And oh yeah, I mean you could use sections of it. So this would be good for a sync library. So yeah, he could easily do one minute uh, or thirty second or fifty second segments of this, put it on a sync library, and you know uh, some commercial entity will take a section and use it. I mean that's ideal for that sort of thing. Absolutely. But once again, because like you're talking about, like just, just cutting it down in, into pieces, which once again, I heard three different songs here, three different songs, three different genres, because we had a little bit of metal. We had a little bit of suspense. We had a little bit of action. We had a little bit of this. We had a little bit of that. So I would definitely go with the experimental thing and even trimming that, like, let's say that 36.79 seconds right there where I said, like, you know, the, uh, the break is maybe 40 seconds too long, then, you know, cut the break out of there and just keep it going off of there. Or better yet, like you said, trim the, trim the portions out and, um, and just kind of use those as, you know, one minute clips, um, themselves. So you basically end up with, uh, with, you know, with kind of like four or five different genres here. Right. So, mm. uh, overall, I mean, it's not bad. Like I said, like he says, he makes weird electronic music. <laughs> it was very much so it was weird it was a little bit of it was a, a bit eclectic and i just think that um that it just kind of like suffers from not having that particular genre that it's actually kind of like pointed to at the moment yeah does that make sense yeah it was a jack of all trades and master of none pretty much yeah okay yeah yeah fair enough how are we doing for time? Because we're six tracks in now, so that's not bad. It feels like we're doing okay. We've been going for about an hour. Oh, okay. So we're, so not, we're not bad. too badly. We're not bad. So uh, let's see. So right now we have the King of Rockets. Let me see if that one actually loads. Because okay, it, you, you yeah. done did it again, Carl. What have I done? Or is this error on my part? Oh, it is error on my part. My my apologies. <laughs> I didn't mean to blame you for something that I was doing. <laughs> if, of any, if any blame should be put, it should be put on Carl completely because Carl is <laughs> the list. So if I can't find links, it is all Carlos Fandango's fault. It kind of like pretense this. Uh, let's see, posted one month ago. Oh, so it's been up here for a while. Let's see how we're doing. So we got 45 plays, 18 fires. Uh, King of Rockets, straight line. What do you know about this one so far, Carl? Right. Well, it says here, just another human writing about being human, tuning in to the music gods to channel sound waves that become part of the universe. Enjoy the ride, peace and love. So this person's got 57 followers so far, 21 tracks. Uh, from Banbury in the UK and has had 1,029 plays, just about to get the 1,030th. All right. So I like this. I like the description as uh, thanks for listening. Be good and enjoy your brief time on planet Earth. Um, sounds like a positive message going on there right now. <laughs> so, uh, let's check this one out. King of Rockets. This is Straight Line.
I can that was it's, it's an odd one that one because it's a bit off kilter and dark which I like um it's a bit synthy and it's a bit jazzy bit out there kind of thing um I can hear influences varying from Gary Newman to Heaven 17 Tears for Fears uh that's sort of 80s influences almost Bowie-esque as well um and also Hot Chip with the low and high vocal sound I could just hear sort of very much hot chip sort of sound there. And um, yeah, and it's like, you know, it's just, just keeps you off balance. I think all the way through the sax came out of nowhere. I mean, normally when I do music, I try and introduce something subtly early on and it's there, but sometimes it's nice to hit people with something out of the blue. I don't like doing it too much, but that, because it's that kind of track, it really works when the sax comes in out of nowhere. Um, and uh, yeah, I thought it was really good. It's just an odd, unusual song. Um, I don't hear many like it these days. So, but it's got that sort of '80s roots. I think is definitely uh, present. I was going to say more '90s roots than anything else because, like, it, like the comment that I posted there was a uh, very cakeish. Love it, you know, because um, yeah. it kind of like to me it grabbed me because it kind of felt like Zappa meets Cake because I wasn't expecting like the. Um, 
uh, like what you're talking about, like when the trumpet came in there, right? I really wasn't expecting that. So it kind of like gave that big band feeling like, like, uh, like what cake did with, you know, with, um, uh, with going the distance and, you know, like friend is a four letter word and, you know, oh, they did Frank Sinatra as well. Did they? Who's that? Was that them? Or was it somebody else? Was it cake? Frank Sinatra? Oh, was it somebody else? I'll look it up. No, maybe it's somebody else. I, I, I haven't listened to cake in a really long time. So cake is definitely 90 ish. Right. But yeah, if, if you took, yes, it was. Yeah. Honestly, if you took uh, if you took Zappa and uh, and mixed cake, I think you get what we had there. Honestly, mm, mm. you know, um, I kind of like it because it was weird. It was eclectic. You know, it's kind of yeah. like um, you don't hear much of that kind of like genre going on anymore, right? With just kind of like being weird and eclectic. Everybody's like kind of like you know following a straight line with okay, this genre means this, and I'm just going to kind of like do this. So just kind of hearing something a little different like that just makes that much more difference. It makes them that it makes them very memorable. Mm. So yeah, great, very funky vibes. You know, I mean, it's just kind of like it's one of those songs where you know I would definitely put on a playlist. Um, it's not necessarily that I would want to hear it all the time. But if it came on, I would turn up the volume. Yeah, you know, it's it, it, it was definitely one of those things. So, mm. uh, nice job, nice job, nicely done. I think. Mm. I like it. Yeah, yeah, unusual. Um, let's just uh, take a quick bathroom break. Bathroom smoke. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. So we'll just do that, and we'll just uh, we'll reconvene. So I'm not even gonna start the timer because I'll, I'll add the timer digitally later. No, actually, oh. why don't I do that? Because let's just yeah, why not. Let's say let's say like seven seven eight minutes or whatever it takes to <laughs> in smoke or in your case just pee and refill I guess exactly that yeah all right but <laughs> see you in a bit be back bye Carl's boom that just broke <laughs> during the break <laughs> so Carl's now definitely uh, Freddie Mercuring the uh, yeah. the the boom mic itself right there and for whatever reason has it wrapped in oh uh, well it's digging into my hand a bit so i just decided to <laughs> do my makeshifts of you know special I thought, yeah cover. i thought you were about to bury it okay <laughs> put a flag over it. so uh here we go so we're back right now and um we have uh jesus de los santos here uh with witchcraft um any kind of uh prefaces uh but this one yeah well, i mean i'll, I'll um yeah I, th I think it's uh be prepared it's it's sort of lo-fi i think it's meant to be a kind of late 1960s sort of production so i yeah bear that in mind because it's it's definitely sounds like that and uh i don't know this one's a bit of a quirky one and the challenge is i bet you'll have this in your head after the song is finished uh, because it's quite earwormy i would say okay well, something to look forward to then. In that case. Mm. Here we go. Here's a uh, witchcraft by Jesus de los Santos. Say it to the one Witchcraft, the last to die to die to die 
think <laughs> well i mean you can see my comment there i say yep commercial jingle for sure or an opening theme for a sitcom 50 style no doubt which is absolutely like when you're talking about earwormish it definitely is and there's mm. a reason why jingles excuse me there's a reason why jingles uh, jingles like that work is because they are earwormy they're very memorable so this is one of those it would definitely be like um like if you remember that show i dream of genie mm -hmm. like this could definitely be like a replacement for their their uh, their opening theme you know it's uh, it's very catchy very hooky mm -hmm. um you know it kind of like sucks you into that to that kind of like 50 style music 50 60 style music right so uh yeah quite enjoyable i gotta say the production was there um for what it is like you said like kind of like a lo-fi kind of rock kind of like feel to it it's uh it's definitely there so i think that uh let's check out his this is profile here this mm. uh Oh wow, he doesn't really have much on here, so it's not like just that one song so far. Okay, so join August fourth, twenty fifteen. Oh, wow. Let's check his uh, Instagram real quick. How smart. Ah, so this is probably somebody who see this is often the case, and this is why I would encourage people if you're thinking about releasing music, you know, it's it's letting a part of you and your soul and yourself out to the world. It's it's quite a big step, really. Uh, but I would encourage you to do it because it feels great when you do it, and you know this is, might be somebody who's been on slaps for a long time and suddenly thought you know i really need to release something and i've got these songs but i'm a bit shy and finally done it maybe when was the actual track release though one month ago all right so so i think it is probably that yeah it might be somebody who's been on here observing listening to stuff and thinking i'll have a go at that um but it's being brave you know enough to put your part of yourself out there really and no, I like that because for the genres, he has listed uh, rock, jazz, pop, singer, songwriter, and then for uh, the influences, four influences, which is the Kinks, the Beatles, the Zombies, and the Monkeys. Which oh. I could definitely see because that, once again, it has that it has that very campish vibe to it, right? Well, do you know what I've I've put because I put Donovan Jazzy period, which is there's elements of that but when i first heard this song i thought because of his singing style he sounded like ray davis of the kings now i've i didn't realize actually i hadn't looked at that part but i i've put sort of uh, mid to late 60s kinks feel as if it's a lost track from the kinks are the preservation society um of the village green preservation society so it's almost like that's off that album or um face-to-face -face album or you know any of that era from 66 really to 68 very specifically i think that production has got it just on on the on the button there um yep. and it's yeah hooky and it's got an earworm but i think you know that's that's what i was picking up on the kinks thing so they've absolutely nailed that kinks late 60s sound uh where yeah ray davis was 
you know, writing songs just like that and singing and delivering songs like that. Uh, I loved it. Yeah, really good. Something about that song, I just kept playing it thinking, yeah, I like that. And, and it was going around, witchcraft, love, it's definitely there. It's definitely catchy. One hundred mm. catchy. So I mean, it would even it would even work for um, you know it would it would even work for a jingle for a commercial you know even these days, uh, just yeah. because of that you know there's not there's not a lot of memorable music coming out into the mainstream right now. Uh, so now most of the tracks are quite annoying, I'd say, and, and a lot of them are very samey with the sound of music. Yeah, yeah, which is once again you know one of my bigger disappointments with hip hop. Because that's the thing is it all just sounds the same, you know. So when you get an artist like the uh, like the weekend, for an example, you know, um, his stuff is great. And lately, honestly, I've been vibing to um, to Post Malone, Rockstar, especially. You know, like I think that that song was brilliant. It was just, I don't know. You go through phases these days. Mm -hmm. I think rather than having kind of like a um, like a fan base going one way. You go through these phases where you hear the stuff that's on the radio and it gets catchy. Um, so, you know, so last year, summertime, obviously Way Too Sexy by Drake was out there. And that was, you know, kind of like a hot song, but it faded. It kind of like faded into into um, oblivion. And I heard it the other day and, you know, and it was catchy, but it was like I didn't really want to hear it, you know, three times in a row or anything like that. You know, mm. so it's just kind of like it was a hit for, us, for a minute. And then, you know, it made its money and I guess the, um, you know, the record companies moved on to the, uh, you know, to, to the next best thing. So um, like something like that with witchcraft, then, you know, uh, being as campy as it is and everything like that, it's still very memorable. I like it. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Unusual one. A bit different. Just shows people are making these, these songs out there. That, you know, they're just really nailing it for what they wanted to do. Purple ball of destiny, my friend. Purple ball of destiny. Right, here we go. I've got the, just to verify, I've got the bowl with the categories in. Yes, we do have real paper. Got to do it single-handedly, and I shall bring it. Oh, right, okay. Oh, for the underground show, underground sound, we've got the word underground. So the category underground. All right. I'm not talking about the Wombles. Let's see. So we got... I suppose stuff. you had the Wombles over there, did you? It's a very, very British program. What was it? The kids' program called the Wombles in the 1970s. Uh, Mike Batt was the composer of the the song, but uh, it, they were the Wombles of Wimbledon Common. They used to tidy up, quite eco-friendly. They used to tidy up all the rubbish and recycle it, and they used to live underground. I don't recall that. No, you wouldn't have had that over there. <laughs> no, I don't recall it, honestly. No, I do not. Maybe I'll have to look it up for sure. Okay, so... Yeah. Um, hmm. They had some pop singles as well in the charts, like the Banana Splits did. The Banana Splits. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Did you have like Captain Kangaroo over there or anything like that? No, that's mentioned in that song, isn't it? The uh, yeah, I would yeah, never that's... had Captain Kangaroo. I think that's the difference. You had certain cartoons there, or that, Captain Kangaroo wasn't even a cartoon. It was more like a whatever. All right. <laughs> Here we go. So, uh, Purple Bowl of Destiny has chosen. We got Don Lito here, uh, posted 22 hours ago with a song called Let's Get High. So, maybe we'll just end up right back in the same discussion. <laughs> well, let's check it out anyway. Purple Bowl of Destiny has spoken.
where you get these trees from, bro? You can find shit. Coming back now, but I'm still suspended. Finally, the left or right side of my right, they can't go dependent. Cause usually when I play this, it's forbidden. In the euphoric state, my antidepressant. Yeah, I'm not your proud. Y'all don't know me, and you don't know my style. Got an eye on like Matt to cow. I'm normally quiet, but my fragrance is loud. Light it up, nigga. Take a book, killer. Then blow it out. If you don't come, then you're not getting all the more heads. Know what I'm talking about. Fuck a rotation. If you cool like mine, then you like it. Smoking and we bone. Break down the coat and get the shit going. Hold up, baby, just stop that shit. Break this shit down real, real quick. Break this door, break this door. Break this shit, put it in that pipe. Put it in the bone, yeah, light it up real quick. Hold up. Alright, smoke this motherfucking blunt. Ayy, clear this motherfucking bone. Ayy, grab that dope off the dress. Yeah, put it in your motherfucking lungs. Ayy, came in the building, have fun. Yeah, on the way home, yeah, she won. Yeah, shit so loud that it sound like a horn. Shit so good that it look like porn. SMG, yeah, we have fun. Told her, her, yeah, she can join. Mary get twisted like a door now back and forth. Back and forth. Yeah, light it, grind it, we bless. 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 graphic language you know um i i have no problem with graphic languages you know the whole thing is, is that when every other word is going to be you know motherfucker or whatever you know it's just kind of like um you know we we go through we go through somebody like eminem who has like the uh the uh holds the guinness book of world records for the most words sung in a hit single which was rap god at like something like 1500 i think it was like 1506 words in 6 minutes and 3 seconds um
to just constantly going with motherfucker, 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 you know, um, and let's get high. <laughs> so um, I don't know. Kind of like I think it's very gratuitous. Yeah, I mean, I, I see. I just have an issue with the amount of songs that swear, uh, or the amount of artists that swear in songs now, and the amount of swearing in songs. I mean, I'm, I'm not too prudish or proud, you know. But I think there's a time and a place, and it's obviously rap's one of those genres that has a lot of it. Um, musically, right? So the music box thing at the start and the disorienting, disorienting start was was I thought pretty good. Yeah, like a lot of these songs, they they tracks i should say they, they've they've got that sort of thing going on in the background that's quite catchy i actually thought the chorus you know motherfuckers aside was uh yeah let's get high let's get high it was quite actually quite catchy really so um if you took out the swearing you could replace it with actual words you know nice interesting words and um yeah so the the uh, vocabulary could be a bit wider and, and i think it's uh i always want to see what the songs would turn out like if they didn't have all the motherfuckers and everything in and if they had something else in so you know would it sound worse for it better for it well i don't think it sound much different for it but obviously people think it's important to swear in these songs and that adds a bit of kudos somehow, but um, I like the good deep vocal effect at the end or towards the end as well. So that was quite good. Sort of that Prince deep vocal that they used to, he used to use on these songs. It wasn't too bad. I mean, it's, it's all right. You know, it's rap songs, rap songs, rap songs. So um, unless it's done by Kendrick Lamar or Eminem or, or you know, one of the, the, the bigger artists, it's part of the course really, but um, it's, um, it's all right, I suppose. Not my cup of tea, but it's uh, and again, yeah, the gratuitous, gratuitous um, swearing uh, just it turns me off completely. I just think it's so unnecessary. There's been so many good songs in the world without swearing all those years, and then yeah. suddenly everyone's fuck this, fuck that shit, can't oh, it's fuck, and it's like they've got Tourette's all of a sudden. Everyone's got Tourette's. <laughs> fuck wanker. <laughs> shit. <laughs> better cut this out <laughs> no, i'm not gonna cut that out that's fine uh, uh, no, i I, I, I totally get what you mean um so um let's see uh before we go on to our showstopper carl oh yeah i'd like to play you a song from mm. from a friend of mine here his name is jamie salazar i did a <laughs> i did a video uh on the uh, channel uh with him uh he goes by the stage name of Within Me, W I T H N, kind of like looks like a heartbeat, Emmy. Um, so, obviously, very sad news coming out of the Depeche Mode camp. Um, we uh, we talked about it, we were going to talk about it uh, Friday, uh, but obviously, um, for those that you for those of you who don't know, Andy Fletcher has died at 60 from Depeche Mode, he is the founding member and the keyboardist. Oh. You know, we just went through Bangalore, and now it's kind of like Andy Fletcher. It seems like all the great artists are going way too quick. But I would have to say that uh, this this one song I wanted to play for you Friday um, as the showstopper, but we have one more to go. Do we have one more to go? Well, technically, the ten I yeah the, the ten lined up was July was the last one, and then yeah. I also forgot Floods song. So maybe we can do Floods one next time, or squeeze it in as a bonus track tonight. Now let's do that. If you if if uh, 
if you're good with uh, with just a couple of more minutes, we're just going oh, yeah, sure. just just past the two hour mark with but with you know some some to uh, some stuff to cut out here, some motherfuckers to cut out. Yes, yeah, so, <laughs> but this uh, like if we're gonna talk about the Pesh mode, and if there were ever to to kind of like to be a kind of like a tribute song to the Pesh mode. I would think that this would be it would be a blood on the and I, and I love the wordplay also blood on the IV right so blood on the IV um but I definitely love the uh, the 80s synth style that that uh, the Jamie has going on with with uh, with his music and everything like that so let's take a quick listen and uh and just this will be my dedication to uh, to to Peshmo since we uh since we can't do any copywritten stuff over here right so I'll just say that to what uh, to Andy. Andy Fletcher. There you go. Let's listen. Blood on the eyes within me.
once again, Andy Fletcher of Depeche Mode. Cheers, Cheers. friend. I think that that would have been a great tribute song, and I think that Jamie would be uh, should be proud of himself for for writing that type of music because uh, that had Depeche Mode written all over it. It didn't it? Yes, yeah, very much so. Yeah, I think particularly with the, uh, I mean, obviously the synth sound. Um, I mean, he's got alternative rock, but I, it's for me, it's you know, sort of that synth rock, synth pop sort of genre. Um, dark sort of sound as well but uh yeah the, the the depeche mode i mean i think with the 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 lead vocal almost all through had yeah that very subtle um underlying support harmony all the way through and that, that was good i like that kind of thing because it's, it's just you know it's, it's there but it's it's almost like it's one voice uh but yeah i'll put uh, comments on well produced solid track um, I love the synth sound. They implemented it around two minutes, 45 bit. That was good. Uh, yeah. I like the lead harmony, very Depeche mode, which is good again. Yeah. I liked it. Really, really solid production. Uh, Jamie's got a lot of songs like that, <clears throat> whether you're going to go back to Skywalker, some of the older stuff that I heard or, um, or, you know, he's coming up with new stuff every day here, he, he, but I mean, he's a very talented musician. Once again, deserves some recognition, especially for putting a song like that together. Um, mm. You know, it's not easy, obviously, as you know, Carl, because uh, you do everything from front to back pretty much yeah. yourself here. I know that you've collaborated with a few artists and everything, but, uh, but you know, but just for, you know, all intents and purposes of an argument, then you are a self-made man. Uh, you do write, produce, master, and kind of like everything yourself. So you know the work that goes into, mm. you know, just... Oh, yeah just creating one individual sound even and then mixing it later into uh you know make, to get it to fit with everything else that's there yeah Very well to do. Th this is the thing when i think about um each song i approach differently anyway as he may and uh yes yeah, as, as individual separate tracks i don't want two songs sounding the same ever and um and you know each each must have its unique feel and that includes creating sounds i mean for the christmas album i had I saved up for the bird feeders. You get fat in half coconuts. I don't know if you get that same thing in America, but yeah, so these coconut shells. So I, once the birds had had their bit, I scraped them out, cleaned them up and disinfected them and then used the coconut halves as clip cloppy, um, hoof sounds, yeah, for the horses. And, um, and, and you know, so it, it's just creating that sound and then, or it's like another one of the Christmas songs, Louis, my son, you know, um, he, played the um oh i forgot what they called the uh oh well the name's gone anyway but oh uh stylophone now the stylophone i thought well on its own stylophones sound pretty cool anyway but i added a flanger over it and yeah so each of those sounds and then it's it's tweaking the sound and the reverb for it and you know you can spend easily an hour or two just getting a sound right and and that's just one sound and and it might only appear once in a song for a short segment or for a second but those details are so important because they they have longevity those sounds so there you know he's got quite a lot of things going on and he's probably worked hard and for hours and hours and days and days that's probably in his spare time if he's not a full-time musician which most people can't afford to be yeah then they'll be doing it in the, any spare time they can get uh because you know you've got your work life maybe a part-time job maybe you've got family maybe you've got kids and all of that thing, you've got to try and fit in and then create something pretty special there. All right. 
So let me ask you a question, Carlos. Right. How much time do you have on your hands where you actually let a coconut basically rot, scrape out the ends so that <laughs> you can make the hooves? Well, it's it's what's in, it depends what's important because you just fit that in. So, for instance, no, you know, I, I, I put them I, to one side. I never, I never would have thought of using two coconut halves to actually do that, but now, but now that you mentioned it, I'm like hearing it in my mind, and I'm like, okay, well, yeah, that makes sense. Well, we had them in school years ago, you know, proper sort of coconut halves and things uh, that were cleaned. Um, but it, it was some um, Susie's idea, actually. She she said about, oh, what about using those? And I said, ah, oh, I was going to send off for some or something, see if you can get some musical coconuts. Um, but uh, actually, yeah, we had them already there. So it's just a case of scraping them out, you know, heating the water up hot so all the rest of the fat would come off and, and then disinfecting them. But it takes time. So I just left left them for a while while I was doing other things dried them off while I was doing other things and it's just doing it in stages. Uh, and when they, I, they were just sitting in the cupboard for ages until I needed them. So I knew I was going to need them in a particular song. So, you know, these, these things do take time, but sometimes you can spend a long time just getting a sound right. And if, if you're very particular about it and it's worth being particular. So, uh, yeah, big, props and mad shout out to Susie in this case again because uh <laughs> coming up with it coming up with horse hooves from uh from coconuts i never would have thought of it i never would have thought of it. i would have tried to like try to get like a clicker or something you know and <laughs> whatever it really it, works well though yeah i know it does it sounds like the uh it sounds like the legit thing for those of you that don't know carlos does have a um a christmas album that was well, I mean, it's been out since last year, but we're going to start promoting it early this year. Um, right. As does Nathan Brashear has a, a song called The Very Metal Christmas. We're going to be uh, getting to that this year. We're going to start getting on it early so that way we can actually have the independent musicians maybe um, take a stab at the, um, you know, at the uh, music market, which is kind of oversaturated with, uh, with Beyonce, I think, personally. Mm -hmm. Yep. But I guess what can you do? um except to try to get some other stuff out there carlos's stuff is brilliant if you haven't heard it please hop onto his youtube channel uh you do have it up on your youtube channel right the the christmas stuff yeah that's all on there yeah it's all on the main music platforms but this time of year most people don't, don't tend to listen to it i mean i was recording it in midsummer and, and spring you know just just uh, i was the whole in fact from january last year i'd started some of the tracks but um yeah, so Susie got to hear Christmas music all through the year. Lucky Susie. <laughs> <laughs> Incessantly okay. as well. It's just continuous because I'm always working on thinking, right, what can I do with this bit? And, you oh. know, so, yeah, she, she was very lucky that year. Uh, as they say, Christmas in July. So um, this is going to be our showstopper, folks. Remember one more time, uh, Underground Sound, putting the us back in the music here. Carlos Fandango and I wish to thank you for joining us. Uh, we'll probably, we're still going to make comments here, but just in case anyone's just signing off right now for whatever reason, uh, thank you once again to uh, Nathan Brashear for being the show sponsor of today's show. Uh, Carlos, we're going to be looking forward to the uh, Christmas album. We're going to be pushing that. Nathan, we are going to be doing the same for you as well. Um, remember, folks, uh, please like, share, subscribe. And uh, if you want to get your music out there to the world, visit distrokid.com. Uh, more importantly than distrokid.com, visit slaps.com, find the underground sound. The underground sound, let us submit your music for you. We got a, we, we got a good thing going on here, I think. Um, it's gaining a following, and uh, which Carlos and I are very happy about. Uh, mm. you know, we tried doing this multiple times before. We tried doing it live. Ultimately, ended up that 
you know, um, doing it pre-recorded is better. Um, so, you know, so we are taking our time here to expose the underground artists and to say thank you to those that have passed as well uh, from the mainstream. And uh, once again, we don't hate on the mainstream. It's just we don't like the record companies. Let's just leave it at that. Uh, so this showstopper here, we can but dream by flood. What can you tell us about this, Carl? Um, this is, um, I, th I think it's Trev, and he's uh, contacted me via um district kid uh you know um, via slaps i guess but but ultimately we direct message through district kid and it seems like a very nice guy and um, just got a lot of tracks we were talking about another track uh but it was such a long track that i said well maybe we could play one of his other ones so i fished out this one that i thought was quite a nice one to end on and um yeah he's he's he seems like a you know nice guy does things in earnest and uh I think his music's worth a listen. You should you should definitely have a listen to it. He's, he's, you know, check him out. He's on the, the mainstream platforms, as most districted music is. And, um, yeah, it's definitely worth a listen. You should check him out. And hopefully this is a good example of what he does. Please stick around for the comments afterwards. Uh, if you have to, for whatever reason, you know, once again, jot away uh, for the underground sound. I am DJX Tech, and that's Carlos Fandango right there. We'll be back with you in uh, two weeks. I shall be back with you in a week with the uh, DJXX ones and twos underground. But um, for right now, let's get this one going. This is a flood we can but dream.
Oh yeah, London. Okay. Okay, look at that. Two hundred fifty followers, two thousand nine hundred eighty-two plays, twenty-five tracks. Right, so well, that's good. I mean, I've got 56 tracks on there and I've got about 2,300 plays and about 100. And, I mean, I, I don't push on the followers too much, which I should probably do. But uh, so he's doing really well there, you know. So it's um, uh, 10 followers per track, ultimately, which is which is very good. Very good. So he's accumulated a lot and a lot of plays and he's got a high comments to track ratio. So he obviously interacts with people a lot. Yes. Really important. Okay. It's a good lesson for everybody on Slaps to learn. Yeah, really do lots of commenting, not just because you're uploading a track, but because you're commenting and interested in other people's music and you want to discover more music and hook up with people. So it's really, really good. Um, you know, it's a good place. He's a great example of of someone who, you know, just you know, works that 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 yeah, the tools at, at his disposal on slaps really works with them well. I'm gonna listen to more songs today. I'll tell you why I love that song. Go on. Absolutely love it. A first thing that it reminded me of was Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Ah, okay. That's the very first thing that it reminded me of, right? Mm. Once, once the vocals started going, one hundred percent. What it took me to was uh, Pink Floyd's "Learning to Fly." Interesting. Okay, Those yeah. Vocals really took me into that whole different space it's one of my top 10 favorite songs learning mm -hmm. to fly by pink floyd one of my top 10 favorites uh it, and it just boom it just reignited like a passion that i have inside of me right there so just thinking about that thinking about a song that can actually take you back to another song that has like a completely different you know different uh frame of mind for uh everybody else that's listening uh, it's definitely there for me. So I absolutely 100% I love this song. Brilliant. Very good choice for the uh, for the showstopper, Carl. Very nicely done. Very nice. Mm. Everything everything was there. The, I mean, the, the production was there. Yeah. The vocals were there. Um, listen, for what, for what it is, six months ago, 199 plays, 10 saves, 307 fire. Very uh, good, yeah. I'm just gonna like pop over here and just give it one, two, three more. I don't like odd numbers. Sorry. <laughs> We're should, should I add one as well then? <laughs> don't, because now you're gonna bring it to three hundred. <laughs> yeah, I thought it's a solid production, Ian. So I suppose we should give kudos to Ian Sang as well. T S A N G. If you look him up anywhere, I'm sure he does vocals elsewhere. So I've not actually checked out Ian Sang at all, but yeah, solid vocalist. The vocal effect was, um, uh, yeah, I, I quite like the vocal effect. That uh, it was a tight harmony. Probably Ian Sang again. I don't know. I mean, looking at what Flood does, it looks like he does instrumentals and works with guest artists and produces. So, um, uh, so Flood will write and compose the songs, and where a song might require a vocalist, he uses various vocalists. And usually, you know, the, the very solid vocals uh, that he uses with, with most. And Ian Sang's vocals were good, nice and solid, really on point. Nice intro build as well. It's quite a long intro. Uh, well, reasonable intro, but it's, it's you know it's nice build up. Um, but uh, yeah, you're right. It's Tom Petty. A bit of Coldplay in there as well. I thought you know, but uh, in this general feel and the vibe, um, Coldplay could easily do that sort of song and it'd be a hit. So uh, positive message. But um, yeah, really good, nice, solid song that one. And uh, I would encourage people to check out more of his stuff because he he collaborates a lot and he, you know slaps 
and DistroKid works for him very clearly, and um, it's hooked him up with a lot of different people. Yes, indeed. Um, one of the biggest things about Slaps that I've noticed is collaboration, 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 collaboration. You never mm. know. You never know what you're going to do. Maybe you you may get a show called The Underground Sound. Maybe you may get a song that's called uh, Walking Through the Strange Town. Um, maybe you may do uh, what was it? Uh, was it Mom or was it the Mother's Day song? Which one did you? Oh, do? that was um, yeah, Mother's Love. That was yeah for Mother's Day. Although we got it released just after the American Mother's Day. Uh, but that was Russ Palladino, the um, saxophonist and horn player and and producer and writer and and yeah, extremely extremely talented. And I'm lucky enough to have worked with him. And and do, we're doing another track. We're doing a sort of Al Green style '70s soul track now. And and uh, yeah, because he had some chords knocking around that kicking around they didn't know what to do with and as soon as i'd mentioned about doing an al green 70s soul one that i've fancied always doing he said oh I, I might have something for that so now that's that's a that's in the offing um so i'm writing the lyrics and um doing the melody line and as we as we speak i personally can't wait to hear it because uh once again no matter what you're trying to do if you it, because there's a lot going on here right there's a lot going on on slaps so mm -hmm. whether you're looking to collaborate with another musician whether you're just looking out to put out your own music whatever the case may be like believe me you can build a lot of friendships here um you'll definitely find a lot of like-minded people uh which is proof here between carlos and i not only carlos and i but rookie rogers russ paladino want to thank everybody that's contributed to the uh to the to the uh, to the music and to the show here uh obviously <clears throat> nathan brashear from monsters of real want to thank you um jamie salazar from within me want to thank you for that awesome track that you had that we actually got to use as a uh as i i believe myself personally to be a very nice um depeche mode kind of like uh you know theme-esque kind of like tribute song um all of you slappers out there that have been posting this great music and everything like that to all the underground artists to anybody out there that's really just kind of like working the grind doing their thing and just kind of like really wanting to bring you know lovely stuff to the world here instead of like a whole bunch of hate which is you know what's been going on lately and everything like that Thank you, everybody. Uh, so from myself, DJX Tech, Carlos Fandango, uh, we'll say uh, thank you on behalf of uh, Rookie Rogers. Thanks for joining the Underground yep. where we're putting the us back into musician here. Um, maybe maybe since Rookie's here. Or just, did I put, yeah, I did, I, did, I did put too much R's on there. Rookie. <laughs> Rogers. I like all this. So for the closing track, we'll use all days here and uh, Carlos and I will chat in a second. So uh, to everybody, have a very pleasant probably Monday afternoon or Monday evening because it'll probably take a while for this edited version just to get back <laughs> and then I have to edit it after that. So uh, Rookie Rogers with old days and uh, Carl, I'll chat with you on WhatsApp in a second. Yeah. Okay. Take care, folks. Thank you, everyone. Enjoy the show. Oh, absolutely. We do hope that you enjoy the show, and there will be more to come with uh, with this. Uh, but take a gander, take a listen to Rookie Rogers right now with Old Days. Thank you very much for once again for tuning in to the Underground Sound, putting us and the musicians, or musician, or music, music, putting us into your music, putting, putting us. us back into music. <laughs> Let's just let's just put us in the music. <laughs>